welcome to the Jam Pack Report for September the 26th of 2019. Of course, I'm your host, Samuel Adams, and five days a week I bring you the hottest gaming news that you need to know, delivered straight to your subscription box slash your podcast feed Monday through Friday if you subscribe to the Jam Pack Report, which you very well should. But today we have a ton of news to break down, specifically with a VR skew to it today, because Medal of Honor is back with a VR game from Respawn. It doesn't look as bad as you might think. Then Oculus is getting a big update. In fact, if you own an Oculus Quest, I would say you are going to be very happy after we break it all down on today's show. Then PlayStation opened up a new store. Some Mafia remasters are potentially in the works. Death Stranding is one step closer to being on store shelves. And finally, I've got a free theme for you guys if you do want to dive in and deck out your PS4 dashboard with The Last of Us Part 2. But that is our lineup for today's show. And again, if you are brand new, I do hope you enjoy what I bring to the table. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. First off, Respawn is making a new Medal of Honor game for VR. Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is coming to Oculus Rift in 2020. EA's classic first-person shooter franchise, Medal of Honor, is coming back as a VR game for Oculus Rift. Called Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, it's due out in 2020. The game is being developed by Respawn, the Electronic Arts' own maker of highly regarded shooters like Titanfall and Apex Legends. I got some hands-on time with the game last week, the author says, and it is certainly the most advanced and most enjoyable VR shooter I have yet played. Testament to the investment being made by Oculus Rift's owner, Facebook. One Respawn exec pointed out that the textures on a single uniform in this game take up more memory than the original Medal of Honor for PlayStation, about 300 megabytes. A spokesperson for Oculus said it was likely the most expensive production yet for Oculus Rift, but declined to reveal the size of the budget. Like the original Medal of Honor, which came out in 1999 and began a boom in World War II shooters, Above and Beyond is set in the Western European theater. Players take on the role of an Office of Strategic Services operative who is given specific missions to undermine Nazi Germany's defensive capabilities. Multiplayer is planned, but no announcements have been made. The missions the author saw took place in a French town prior to the D-Day landings, as well as in the mountains of Norway, as I sought to blow up a heavy water installation, he says. There will also be a Normandy Beach landing mission, though that was not shown at the demo. The final game will also include sequences that take place on a motorcycle in a submarine, and players will be tasked with a variety variety of physical activities, including climbing, swimming, skiing, and even piano playing. If the locations and missions seem familiar enough, the experience is rendered fresh by being in full VR. This is a pretty world filled with authentic detail while retaining the general feel of a World War II shooter. Of course, the author goes on to talk more about the game itself and the mechanics if you did want to check out the full rundown via Polygon's very own Colin Campbell. And of course, every article is linked down below as we begin to discuss them. But what I want to focus on here is Medal of Honor should certainly make some kind of comeback because it's one of those foundational first-person shooter games. Whenever you are thinking about the games that built uh, the giant genre that FPS now is in 2019, I think about Call of Duty and Medal of Honor. And to see it kind of fall to the wayside after the reboots, uh, reboots, wow, that's a quite a way to say that. After the reboots that came out a couple of years back failed to really find an audience with, of course, Medal of Honor and Warfighter, uh, I still feel like there is some love left to be given to the Medal of Honor franchise, and so a VR game could be a pretty good fit. Uh, in fact, if this does go well enough, you could see Medal of Honor transition from being something of a generic first-person shooter into the go-to virtual reality uh, experience for those that like shooter games, and I hope that's kind of where it does end up. 
Now, make no mistake, I would love to see another regular, quote-unquote, version of Medal of Honor released. In fact, maybe if Above and Beyond does well enough, you could see it ported uh, to be a regular game, uh, one that you play with a pair of thumbsticks on a controller instead of using your arms and legs uh, to move around in a virtual reality space. But regardless, exciting to see that Medal of Honor is in fact back, and if you do want to pick up the game, it's coming out for Oculus Rift sometime in 2020. And man, I would love to see this come to the PlayStation VR as well. Well, but it does seem like this is going to be a collaboration between the guys behind the scenes at Facebook and those executives at Electronic Arts and the developers at, of course, Developer Respawn Entertainment. But speaking of Oculus, there was a big event and a ton of news yesterday, and Oculus is adding hand tracking to the Oculus Quest. Oculus Connect 6 kicked off today with an assortment of announcements from the VR firm, with some of the biggest news revolving around its wireless portable headset, the Oculus Quest. While the Quest was only released in May, it has already a disproportionately large impact on Oculus's revenues. Oculus said that users have spent more than $100 million on software at the Oculus Store to date, with the Quest accounting for 20% of it. As for its future plans regarding the Quest, the company confirmed it is working on the next Oculus Quest, but pledged to make everything made for the current headset forward compatible with the next hardware revision. Oculus announced that it is bringing hand tracking to the Oculus Quest early next year with no need for external sensors, depth sensing cameras, or other hardware beyond what's already in the headset. The functionality will launch as an experimental feature for customers with its own SDK for developers. Another new feature coming to the Oculus Quest is... Guess what? Oculus Quest Link, because you will soon be able to plug an Oculus Quest headset into a PC to play Rift games. That's right, Oculus Link effectively turns your Quest into a Rift. Wow. Some nifty updates are headed to Oculus Quest, the best VR headset in terms of bang for buck. In addition to the hand and finger tracking set to arrive next year by way of a firmware update, the more immediate future will soon be able to plug the Quest into a PC and play titles developed for the higher-end Rift headset. The magic will happen through Oculus Link, a special software to enable playing Rift games on the Quest. Once it rolls out, Quest owners will be able to plug the headset into a gaming PC via USB-C and play Rift games, essentially transforming the Quest into a PC VR headset. For developers, this means it is now possible to build high-end PC games and experiences while taking advantage of the biggest possible market and connecting with new audiences as the Quest community grows. Oculus Link is truly the best of both worlds, the high-end gaming of Rift when connected to a PC, with the ease and portability of Quest on the go, Oculus says. This is an intriguing proposition for a $400 headset and puts the $399 Rift S in an awkward market position. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg says this should work with most USB-C cables, including the one that ships with the Quest, though Oculus also plans on releasing a premium optical fiber cable to provide the best-in-class experience with maximum throughput and comfortable ergonomics later this year. And of course, Oculus Link will roll out in November. And so let's go ahead and break down the first piece of news that we have here today. You have the hand tracking through the Oculus Quest, which makes a lot of sense, especially considering the games that we are beginning to see. Uh, Up until this point, essentially, you have had hands in many games, but the fingers have been pretty much just for aesthetic purposes, largely, uh, unless you do have some kind of in-game trigger, such as pulling a trigger on one of the Oculus controllers and the fingers move within the game. Uh, To be able to effectively track your hands, 
allows for such a deeper level of connectivity with the world around you. I mean, think about if you are playing something like Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, uh, to be able to actually see what your fingers are doing in real life in the game adds a completely new level of realism to the game itself. And whenever you're reloading, uh, whenever you are inching towards the trigger, whatever you might be doing, if you are making callouts, you can actually point to something in the game. Uh, that is a big deal for a lot of reasons for both the players and the developers as well. Uh, but hopefully we will see more of this kind of forward thinking, this kind of innovation in the world of VR because the closer you get to actually being in the game, the closer you get to actually being able to use all of your functionalities as you could in the real world in the virtual world, that is when you're going to be seeing virtual reality really start to take off even more so than it already is. Uh, but again, if you do want to check that out, that's coming in 2020. But what about the Oculus Link? This is a game changer. So of course, this is a $400 headset when it comes to the Oculus Quest, but to be able to plug it in via USB-C and play VR PC games, that really does add a lot of value, especially considering just how high the price and the cost of entry is uh, to be able to play VR games on PC in 2019. Now, make no mistake, the price itself is dropping drastically. I mean, if you look at where we were just a couple of years back with the basic bare-bones Oculus headsets, you were paying upwards of $1,000 to get in on a very rudimentary basic edition of what you can expect from VR. Now, I've heard fantastic things about the Oculus Quest, but to be able to have a USB-C cable plugged in and play every Oculus Rift game as you would normally be able to play on the Rift on PC through the Quest itself, that adds an incredible amount of value. You. And I think when it comes to any kind of new hardware, saturation in the market is what you really truly need. You have to get people to adopt this, and a $400 price tag is not as expensive as it sounds whenever you are thinking about what you are getting for your money. Uh, it is a good you know, headset for virtual reality experiences, both on PC and on the go. And when you compare it to something like the PlayStation VR, it's very much so more appealing, especially for those that already have a gaming PC with the capabilities of running VR games. But to be able to see the Quest not only add hand tracking, but also uh, become compatible with so many Rift games, that really does show the future of where the tech could be going over just the next 6 to 12 months. And let me tell you, it is going places without a doubt. But let's say you want to get a PlayStation VR instead of the Oculus Rift. There is a brand new PlayStation Store from PlayStation itself if you did want to buy directly from the producer instead of cutting out, or excuse me, and you can effectively cut out going to a Best Buy, GameStop, Walmart, etc. Sony's PlayStation Store just got a big update. Starting today, September the 25th, I suppose now that's yesterday, you can buy hardware and accessories directly from a new online storefront. And yes, that includes physical game discs. At launch, you will be able to buy hard copies of games like Bloodborne, God of War 3 Remastered, and Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. You know, the hottest games on the market right now. Right? Not really. The store is open exclusively in the U.S., and according to Sony, it's intended to allow gamers to purchase products from the company itself. It's also meant to, quote, help gift givers easily find the right product for their friends or family, and prices align with those found at other retailers. PlayStation Plus members who are signed in are eligible for a free one-day shipping bonus. The move comes ahead of the busy holiday season, and it's launching with its own limited-time promotion. You'll be able to buy a PlayStation 4 with a year-long subscription to PlayStation Plus for $3.39, or a PS4 Pro and a year of PS Plus for $4.29. 
Opening the PlayStation Store front to direct purchases is a savvy decision. The world of online commerce is infinitely diverse and growing, so it makes sense that Sony would want a more direct hand in how its products are purchased. It also puts PlayStation on par with competitors Nintendo and Microsoft, which both have online stores where you can buy physical products and accessories. In any case, it's great for consumers too. Now you can buy all of your PlayStation products in one place that isn't Amazon. Uh, and this is a very savvy business move, as the article does point out. Uh, because for a lot of people that might not necessarily be as ingrained into the gaming industry as you, kind listener slash viewer, probably are, uh, a lot of grandmas are going to be going on to PlayStation.com looking to purchase a PlayStation this holiday season. And so to be able to have a place for that to be possible is simply a smart move overall. But on top of that, uh, I've been playing a ton of Xbox One recently, and as I have been wandering around the dashboard, I have found the storefront on the Xbox dashboard that sells stuff like headsets, controllers, even games that aren't necessarily digital, I believe. Uh, you can buy a console on your console. Uh, this is something that I think could actually benefit PlayStation in the long run, because I think that whenever you add incentives uh, to purchase things on the console itself, uh, then you definitely are going to be driving sales up. So, for instance, if you are playing, I don't know, the Breakpoint beta that's coming out this weekend for free on the PS4, then you could actually say, hey, I kind of need a new headset, and you could go directly to the dashboard of the PS4 and purchase one if you did so choose. Now, the prices still up for debate. Of course, if you do take the time to dig online, you can generally find things a bit cheaper at another retailer, but to be able to have an ease of access for those that don't mind paying a bit of a premium uh, for that accessibility, then hey, why not? And again, Nintendo and Microsoft are already doing it, so you might as well get in while the getting is good. Uh, but if you did want to check out what PlayStation had to offer on their storefront, it is live right now. I have checked it out. Not my favorite layout, but if you did want to purchase things directly from PlayStation and not go through Amazon. Now you absolutely can. And soon, you could be buying remastered versions of Mafia and Mafia 2 because trademarks are hinting at the possibility of remasters. It looks like Take-Two Interactive is getting back into the crime game. The publisher applied for a trio of trademarks last month, all relating to the Mafia series, hinting at the possibility of remasters. The first two applications are for Mafia and Mafia 2, complete with their respective logos. They released in 2002 and 2011, but Take-Two applied for trademarks again on August the 2nd. Trademarks have to be renewed, but only every 10 years, suggesting this is something different. A third application is also for Mafia, though without the stylized logo of the original. At first, I wondered if it was a sequel, sans numeral, but this is a first-use date that's the same as the first game. Presumably, it's simply trademarking the word as well as the stylized version. A new game seems less likely than some remasters them. Mafia 3 took the series in an interesting direction briefly, but devolved into a simple, repetitive mission-style game and a tired open-world structure that netted it a lukewarm reception. Its predecessors still have plenty of admirers, though, and the original especially feels like a great candidate for a makeover. Launched in 2002, it is from a time when the modern open-world formula had yet to solidify and the maps weren't filled with endless, suffocating diversions. Released today, it would still be pretty novel, though I'm not looking forward to following traffic laws again. The trademark links expire, but you can search for them by name or the serial numbers, which are found in the article at as I have linked, as I always say, whenever there's some kind of mention of a number in an article. Uh, but should we be getting remasters of Mafia and Mafia 2? 
Sure, why not? That's kind of the way that I see this. Now, I never played the original Mafia, but let me tell you a story. Okay, whenever I was a but a wee lad back in 2011, which was now eight years ago, my god, where has the time gone? Uh, I remember a demo coming out on the PlayStation 3 for Mafia 2, and within it uh, was pretty much this small sandbox world where you had a limited time, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to in. It was a big chunk of the game, and I played that to my heart's content, which generally consisted of a roughly six to seven hour period of time uh, where I would dive in, check this demo out, end the demo, start the demo over again, find the Playboy pinups as, you know, the roughly 14 year old that I was and admire those for a good little while before going and slaughtering some mafia members in the streets. It was a good time, uh, but I loved the Mafia games, and I would love to see them come back so I could genuinely dive in for the first time, effectively, and get some good playtime in. Now, Mafia 3, I'm good, but to be able to go back and experience the true Italian mob, the Italian Mafia, uh, for a second time, or at least the first full time, I would definitely be down for that. And it looks like, according to these trademark hints, we could be getting that relatively soon but I wouldn't expect anything before the next generation at the earliest. However, you can be expecting Death Stranding in November because the game has officially gone gold. Well, folks, the day has finally arrived, they say at DualShockers. After a little over three years of development, a slew of very confusing but exciting trailers and random babies inside of Norman Reedus. You could say it's a Norman fetus. Hideo Kojima has officially announced that his first independent game since splitting with Konami, Death Stranding has finally gone gold. As per usual with the games industry nowadays, the news was announced via a Twitter post on Kojima Productions' official account. The post thanks the fans for the support over the years and gives a shout-out to both Sony Interactive Entertainment, the publishers behind the Strand Genre game, and Guerrilla Games, who helped Konami, excuse me, Kojima Productions with the game's engine. In addition, we also got a pretty cool picture of the development team, along with Kojima himself, holding the gold master of the game. Of course, if you want to check out the tweet for yourself, you can find it embedded in the article at DualShockers. For those who have been living under a rock, Death Stranding is the next idea spawned from the crazy and creative mind of Hideo Kojima, in the good way of crazy, of course. The game features a star-studded cast including Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Leia Seydoux, Margaret Qualley, and Troy Baker, as well as plenty more. In other Death Stranding news, a couple of days back, it was revealed that there will be a limited edition PS4 Pro, which we talked about on yesterday's episode. Uh, but congrats to, of course, Mr. Kojima and the team at Kojima Productions for finally finishing the first run of Death Stranding. The gold copy is officially out there in the wild, and it is now going to production for release in just a couple of months on November the 8th of 2019. Uh, but of course, one of the biggest games of the year, and I too love to see these big final finale team gets together, takes a picture with the disc uh, stages of the development cycle. And of course, it's good to see the game actually has gone gold. Also want to point out, can't believe it's been three years of development. I feel like we've been talking about Death Stranding for at least five to six years, but apparently not. However, you know what today is? It's Thursday, and also Outbreak Day, so happy Outbreak Day, and with Outbreak Day, of course, a fictional holiday that celebrates the beginning of the end of the uh, world of The Last of Us, uh, you can get a free theme for your PS4. 
It's Outbreak Day today, everyone. The date that the cordyceps, oh God, I probably massacred that, virus began spreading uncontrollably in The Last of Us. Naughty Dog celebrates the 26th of September each year with merch, giveaways, and more. But part of this year's celebrations includes hands-on previews of The Last of Us Part 2, which will be made available this afternoon. But it seems that's not all we are getting today. A brand new dynamic theme was discovered on the New Zealand PS Store. Now removed, the grunge theme is black and white and has a distressed, almost VHS-style look with some new music in the background. You can see it in action above. It's likely this is the one of... Excuse me, it's likely this is one of the treats fans can look forward to later today when Naughty Dog spills the beans on all of its outdate, outbreak day. Goodies, I've been up all night working. I apologize for my lack of being able to speak coherently. Uh, but what do you think of this theme? Will you be using it to celebrate the outbreak day? Uh, I say, sure, why not? As you can see here, this is the leaked theme. And it looks to be very much so the Last of Us style. Uh, it does have that kind of gritty uh, VHS style, as the article did say. And if you did want to dive in and give it a look, I would say later on today, you can probably find some kind of information on how to actually download it officially. Uh, but man, Ellie looks like a terrifying badass to me. And that is without a doubt the case, certainly. Uh, but... If you did want to check it out, again, no official release yet, but I would say within the next couple of hours, you could be getting in on some freebies for The Last of Us celebration of Outbreak Day. However, that does round out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. Of course, if you happen to be brand new, I appreciate you taking the time to check out this video. And if you enjoy the podcast, hit that subscribe button on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media or podcast services around the world, including Spotify and Apple Podcast. It's always a good time. Stay up to date and informed five days a week, Monday through Friday. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I will talk to you soon and peace.